Good morning. Uh, I'll be sharing with you this morning. Um, I really believe that God uh, wants uh, to uh, His power to touch your life. Amen. Uh, I think that God this morning, uh, not onwards, I'm talking about this morning specifically, God wants his power to touch your life and change your situations, change your heart uh, and long-term strongholds in your life be broken. Amen? I think there's things, and I don't know all the situations, I just know what God's telling me this morning, that, that there are things that have been a certain way in our lives for a long time, but they don't have to stay that way uh, through the power of Jesus Christ. Uh, and that's what I want to talk about this morning. Uh, I want to talk about living with a repentant attitude. It's a bit of a mouthful, that, isn't it? Living with a repentant attitude uh, and what that means. Because I think we all come this morning and say, you know, I'm coming to church this morning and I want to be filled with God. Uh, And I want um, to to have his power to make it through this week. Uh, But I think there's more. There's more for us than just coming and getting a top-up this morning to keep going. I mean, it's good to get our top-up to keep going, but, but if that's all we're coming for, we're missing. God has more for you. Um, there's breakthrough. There's change. Um, <clears throat> and you know, the thing that I'm realising more and more is you can't have God's power in your life unless you're willing to change. You can't have it. Uh, because when God comes, things have to change. And we're going to find that out as we go through the scriptures. Um, But I want to encourage you that God's changing me. Uh, And God is changing me to have this attitude where I can come uh, and be excited about repenting. That makes sense? Who this morning thought, oh, it's Sunday morning, right, time to get up, I'm going to church, I'm looking forward to repenting. <laughs> Probably not the top priority in your mind. You know, oh, I just, you know, I, I want to be filled with God. You know, I want to be, I want to receive something. But I, I believe that God can bring us to this place where we're looking forward to repenting. Okay, because um, as Christians, what we're, we're looking to do is become more like Christ, Right? Everyone would agree with that. I want to become more like Jesus. Well, if you're going to become more like Jesus, you're going to have to change, right? You can't remain the same. You're going to have to change into something new. Uh, and, and if you're going to change, you're going to have to rethink things. Amen? Re, and, and repent essentially means rethink. That's what it means, rethink. I was going this way, and I thought this was the way, And now Google Maps is showing me that this is actually the way. That's all it is. I was going this way, and now I understand that that isn't the right way. This is the right way. 
You know, and we can think about repentance as, oh, oh, I'm going to have to get down on my knees and I'm going to have to beg God for forgiveness and I'm going to have to prostrate myself and, and I'm going to have to realise how rubbish I am. But I, I think repentance is much more joyful than that. It's much, much better than that. Repentance is this, this thing where we can say, oh, do you know what? God wants me to change, to be more like him. And I am looking forward to finding out more about him and what he's like so I can be like that too. Amen? And God wants us to move into that. Um, But we've got to be willing. This is the tough bit. You know, there's, there's a difference between repenting once and then carrying on with our lives. You know? Uh, and as Christians, we can be like, well, I've come to the cross, and now I've gone past the cross, and I'll go back where I came from. But, but, but God wants us to live with this attitude that says, I am ready to lay things down. I am ready to go on the path that God shows me today. Not the one that I've set out for myself last year, but the, God, the path that God is showing me today. And uh, um, I've been doing this little thing with my, my kids um, where I've been saying to them, oh, maybe we could read the Bible on Sunday mornings <laughs> uh, at breakfast before church. And uh, I don't do that often. Uh, and get, I'm getting Elijah to read the Proverbs because it's quite fun. And then we can talk about them because some of them are quite... Uh, quite interesting for someone who's eight Um, we had this one this morning to learn you must love discipline it is stupid to hate correction amen but I want to carry on doing what I'm doing but you can't carry on doing what you're doing if you're if you love you know like people don't love correction really well, I say people don't. Maybe, maybe you do. But as a general rule, if you tell people you're doing it wrong, their natural reaction is not to say, oh, beloved, thank you for correcting me. Now you've put me on the right path. Our normal reaction is very much like, who are you to tell me that I'm doing it wrong? I've been doing it this way for a long time. You've only just turned up. And then sometimes we know they're right and we say, oh, that's very rude of them to say it like that. We can focus on the feelings instead of the reality of truth because the reality is we want to stay where we are because we're comfortable. Uh, And God wants to move move us out past that. I believe that God wants to move us past those long-term blockages, those things in our lives where we don't necessarily see how they could be different, and certainly not in our power. Um, this is one of my, my favourite verses at the moment. 1 Corinthians 4.20 says this, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. You think... Does that mean Pat's going to be shorter today? (laughs) Maybe, maybe not. (laughs) Uh, It's not a matter of talk, but of power. 
We don't just have to talk about it, we can be different. We don't just have to put our hands in the air and have a nice sing-song uh, and feel okay um, and then carry on in the same way. But God could come and turn your life upside down. And you don't have to be the same person that you were before. You can be more like Jesus and you can sustain it. It doesn't just have to be a high and a low and carry on with what we were doing. It can be a different path. Because when we really come to Jesus with an with a attitude that says, an attitude of repentance, this heart that says, all right, maybe I haven't got it right. Maybe my way is not working. What's your way this morning, Lord? He can come in his power then. But he can't do much unless we're willing. Um, and and, and let's, let's get into it a little bit, shall we? So if, if, if you want to turn in your Bible to um, John 5, uh, John 5, 2. I'll give you a moment to find it. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John 5. Jesus wants to come to you this morning. And he wants to transform you. I know that. Uh, and it's up to you whether you will receive him and whether you are willing Okay, let's read. John 5.2. This is John 5.2. Inside the city, near the Sheep Gate, there was a pool, uh, was the pool of Bethesda, with five covered porches. Crowds of sick people, blind, lame or paralysed, lay on the porches. One of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him, he knew he had been ill for a long time and he asked him, would you like to get well? Do you want to get well? Now on the face of it, that's a stupid question, isn't it? <laughs> Do you want to get well? No, no, I'm just lying around here for fun. Do you want to get well? Jesus is asking. Now, Jesus, is, <laughs> Jesus isn't stupid, I'll, I'll tell you that for a start. But, on the face of it, why you, of course, I want to get well. Do you? Do you really? See, many of us, <clears throat> I don't want to actually change. I'm quite happy where I am. I like the sympathy I get for, for, for what's happened in my past. And I don't really want to move past it. I like the attention that I get for this. And this allows me to have an excuse for all the other things that I want to do. I don't really want to be better. That's why Jesus is asking, do you want to be well? I can't, sir, the sick man said. I can't see how I can be well. And that can be us at times, can't it? I can't see how this could be different. Uh, for I have no one to put me in the pool when the water bubbles up. Someone else always gets there, someone else always gets there ahead of me. 
And Jesus told him, stand, stand up, pick up your mat and walk. Instantly the man was healed. And he rolled up his sleeping mat and began to walk. It's not a kingdom of words, it's a kingdom of power. And we have this power available to us. Uh, and hopefully we're going to have a time in a little bit where if you want God to do something in your life, I'm going to ask you if you want to come and be prayed for. Because I believe that Jesus is who he is in the book today. Amen? Well, we can catch this up a little bit later on. Now, Jesus says to the man, go and show yourself to the Pharisees. Go and show them. And the guy didn't even know who Jesus was. And they asked him, who, who healed you? He said, oh, I don't know, some bloke. Anyway, Jesus catches up with him a little bit later on, verse 14. But afterwards, Jesus found him in the temple and told him, now you're well, stop sinning, or something even worse may happen to you. What he's saying is, now my power has come into your life and transformed you. Don't go back to what you were doing before. You've got to change. You've got to be different. Amen? Are we, are we willing? Do we just want this top up of power so we can carry on doing what we're doing? Or are we going to allow God to change us? All right. Let's go to Luke. Luke 8, verse 26. I'll give you a minute to find it. Now this is the story. I'm going to read the story in its fullness and then we'll analyse it a little bit. It's a bit of a, it's a, bit of a read. So, um, Now Jesus and his disciples, um, they'd been through quite a tough little period, 24 hours. You know, uh, John the Baptist had died and they'd been out on the lake. They'd feed, feed the 5,000. It's just crazy time. Uh, and Jesus said, right, Let's get in the boat, let's go across, let's go away to the other side. Out of, out of our land, out of our place, let's go to the other people uh, on the other side of the lake. So off they go. So they arrived in the region of the Gerasenes, uh, across the lake from Galilee. As Jesus was climbing out of the boat, a man who, who was possessed by demons came out to meet him. For a long time he had been homeless and naked, living in the tombs outside the town. As soon as he saw Jesus, he shrieked and fell down in front of him. Then he screamed, Why are you interfering with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? Please, I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had already commanded the evil spirit to come out of him. The spirit had often taken control of the man. Even when he was placed under guard and put in chains and shackles, he simply broke them and rushed out into the wilderness completely under the demon's power. Jesus demanded, what is your name? Legion, he replied, for he was filled with many demons. The demons kept begging Jesus not to send them into the bottomless pit. There happened to be a large herd of pigs feeding on the hillside nearby and the demons begged him to let them enter the pigs. So Jesus gave them permission 
Then the demons came out of the man and entered the pigs, and the entire herd plunged in t- down the steep hill, hillside into the lake and drowned. <laughs> it's a crazy stuff, right? <laughs> uh, when the herdsmen saw it, they fled to the nearby town uh, and the surrounding countryside and spread the news as they ran. People nearby rushed out to see what had happened. A crowd soon gathered around Jesus and they saw the man who had been freed from the demons. He was sitting at Jesus' feet, fully clothed and perfectly sane, and they were afraid. Rightly so. Then those who had seen what happened told the others how the demon-possessed man had been healed, and all the people in the region of the Gerasenes begged Jesus to go away and leave them alone for there was a great wave of fear swept over them. So Jesus returned to the boat and left, crossing back to the other side of the lake. That's a crazy story, right? But what you see, where Jesus goes, his power is present and things change. And Jesus met this man and um, he set him free. And Jesus is here this morning and he's ready to set you free, set me free from all that binds us up inside and all situations that are, that are uh, circumstances in our life, God can set us free from them by his power. It's not just words. But I want to point you to just a little couple of things at the end of that, that story that are slightly puzzling. And the people in the region of the Gerasenes begged Jesus to go away and leave them alone. For a great wave of fear swept over them. See, when fear gets hold of us, it says, oh, things are going to change. I don't want things to change. I can control everything that's going on at the moment. But if things change, then I won't be in control anymore. And so we can push Jesus away, just like they did. Because you see, they were quite happy with their lives. All right, they had a demon-possessed man who was crazy, but they could contain him. They couldn't stop, they couldn't control him, but they could contain him out, leave him out in the caves. Leave him out, leave him out there. And we can be like that with our lives. There's something that needs dealing with, but I can contain it. I can contain it, I can keep it out there, out of distance. And I can carry on with my life. But when Jesus comes, when he comes, things change. And you've got a town where 2,000 pigs go running off the cliff. That's livelihood. That's disruption. That's the Romans coming and asking what's going on. Why aren't the taxes being paid? And see, this fear creeps in. We don't want change. We just want to keep things how they are. And we just have a little top up so we can keep going. But, but Jesus is saying it doesn't have to be like that. Your life doesn't have to be the way it is today. It can be different by my power. And what does Jesus do? Let's read it. 
So Jesus said, what are you on about? I've just healed this guy. Show me some respect. He didn't say that. <laughs> Jesus returned to the boat and left. And these people, these Gerasenes people, they're representative of our own hearts. If you say to Jesus, oh, oh, I'm not ready for you. I don't want to change. He won't force himself on you because he's not like that. He loves you. And when you love someone, you don't force them to do things that they don't want to do. You wait till they're ready. And you love them and you help them and you wait till they're ready. And that's what Jesus is like. When you're ready to change, he'll be there. I don't leave it too late. There's no, there's no point in hanging about. That's my, that's my story. There's no point in hanging about. You might as well let him transform you today. God isn't forceful. He's respectful. He respects you as a person and your decisions and what you want to be and who... And how far you're willing to let him in. It says he stands at the door and knocks. It doesn't say he ram, rams the door down and comes in anyway. He stands at the door and knocks. And you've got to invite him in. And you've got to say, yes, I'm willing to change. You see, you've got someone like Judas. Judas is one of the disciples. He saw Jesus feed the 5,000. He saw Jesus feed the 4,000. He saw Jesus preach so many amazing things. Revelation. He saw Jesus heal paralysed people. He saw Jesus bring people back from the dead. But he didn't want to change. He wanted Jesus for what he could get. You know what, Jesus, what, what Judas liked? He liked to be in control of what was going on. He liked to keep his hands on the money. He wanted to keep his options open. He wanted to do what he wanted to do. So when, when, the, when the time came uh, and um, he could see that it was no longer in control, in his control anymore, this whole situation, it was escalating. And they were coming for Jesus at some point. What did he do? Jump ship. I don't want to be involved anymore. This is getting too real. I can't control it. You can, and you can say, well, if Jesus was here today, I could accept things. I could follow him. If he was here today, well, I'll tell you what, he was there, to, he was there today with Judas. And your heart is your heart. And if it's hard, it's hard. And if you want to be in control, you'll be in control. And if you want to accept him, and you want to let him change you, he'll come in. But things will change. And we see in all these situations, when Jesus comes in, it's not the same tomorrow. It's not the same story tomorrow that it was today. What we've got to do is, you know, it, it, it's important to have some, some consistency to hang on to, right? In our lives. It's important, you know, and we have things uh, and they're like, uh, like strongholds, like things that 
you know, some of these things I was talking about earlier, like strongholds in our lives, things that have been there a long time, uh, and we move off of it, but it, we mainly stay near it. And it might be our habits, it, it might be sin in our lives, it, it might be addictions, um, it might be um, situations and relationships that are broken, but it's just the way it is. And, I, and we can work with it the way it is, it's not ideal, but we learn to carry it all. But I'm saying, don't trust in the consistency of those patterns anymore. Trust in the consistency of Jesus' character. That's, that's the rock that we've got to keep central in our lives. Say, well, I can trust God because I know what he's like. And circumstances will change. I'm going to have to change, but he won't. Amen? He won't change. He will always be here for me. He will always accept me back when things go wrong. He's always going to love me. And this is the position that I'm going to move from. I want you to encourage you this morning that repentance, this, this attitude of, of, of being um, a rethinker, someone who isn't holding on to things, uh, is, is where, where, what we need to move into. And you know, the people who um, can find this tough are the people who have been Christians a long time. You know, because if you just meet Jesus for the first time, he turns your life upside down, you say, well, I don't know anything anymore. You tell me what it's like, Lord. You've been a Christian a long time. You think you know everything. Well, I know my Bible. I know this is like this and this is like this. And I've been in this pattern so long. And, and I've got this theology and this theology allows me to carry on the way that I want to be. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to sit in my high castle and protect my theology. And the Lord's saying, well, I'm, I'm moving on. And you're stuck in your tower. Uh, and I think, I want to encourage you to allow the Lord, say, Lord, these things that I've been holding close, they might be right, they might be wrong. Lord, come and speak to me afresh. Amen? Come and wash over me afresh. Come and show me something new. Let me change again. Let me be more like you this morning. Amen? The Lord wants to set you free. I'm sure of it. Because that's what Jesus is all about. That's why he came. For, for those who are broken. For those who are sick. Those that need healing. That's why he's come. Come set people free. And the, first, the first part is recognising, Lord, I need to be set free again. Lord, I need to be set free again. Yeah, I know, I know I've been a Christian a long time. But Lord, I want you to come wash me again. One more time. Why not? In fact, why don't you come wash me every day? <laughs> and we can get in that heart. Oh Lord, I'm looking forward to what you're going to be doing. He wants to set you free. And I think, I'm dwelling on what Tim preached about last week. There's situations where we've been hurt. You know, that can be painful. But we can enjoy not moving on from that. 
We can enjoy staying in that place which says, I know I've been wronged and I know I'm right. I know I'm the one in the right. And so I'm going to wait here because I'm right. And the Lord is saying, I'm moving on. And you need to move on too and you need to let go of those things. Amen? You need to let go of those things and those situations. I want us to have a time when we can do this together. Amen? I invite the music team to come up. And let's, let's, let's be real with God this morning.